Today, we have the pleasure of introducing Greek filmmaker Vasilis Katsupis. Uh, with his passion for filmmaking starting at age of eight, Vasilis has worked in various capacities in the Greek film industry, from directing commercials to music videos. His latest film, Inside, stars the iconic Willem Dafoe and tells the story of an art thief trapped in a New York penthouse with priceless works of art. Join us as we explore Vasilis' journey in the film industry and his unique style that can be seen in his work, commercials, music videos, and events. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Vasilis Katsupis, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, big honor and pleasure <laughs> to be in your podcast. Thank you, sir. And um, well, again, let's jump right into it. Um, <laughs> what are three things you would save from your house if it were set on fire? Okay, I will answer what uh, <laughs> William Defoe answered when he got this question. Um, I, I, um, I'd like not to be in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's amazing, right? Because it makes you really think about, okay, what truly is priceless, right, in your life? Yeah. Um, in the film, it talks about, like, cats die, music fades, but artists for keeps. Yes. You know, and so maybe you want to get something that is long lasting and beyond, um, I guess, for history's sake. I mean, maybe you can tell us a bit. Maybe we can start off talking about what's going on in Athens. Because what I know is your ghost is saying, don't shut down these Greek film theaters in Athens. Right. These are a part of history. Um, but I guess part of the philosophy of your film is that I guess Everything comes, everything goes, right? Everything fades. So um, what are your thoughts on what's going on? On the moving theater. I mean, there are two historical moving theaters mm -hmm. that, um, you, know, they, you know, I think one of the biggest plague that happens in Greece is, the, is tourism. You know, it's uh, getting out of hand. So everything is becoming Airbnb uh, flats. Uh, the rents are mm. high and every... Uh, everything in the city center, be, you know, turns from becoming something useful to become, you know, hotels and uh, uh, conference uh, halls. And this is what they want to do. I mean, they, they got this uh, huge building that uh, one of the cinemas um, are in and they wanted to turn it to a hotel and uh, a conference hall. Um, the latest news are that uh, one of these two... Um, um, Uh, cinemas are they, they got uh, uh, you know they got uh, um, a classification of to be uh, how you call it uh, an inheritance uh, a heritage uh, uh, place the other one it's in the it's in a vague situation so mm -hmm. we don't know yet um, but uh, most of the cinemas now in Athens and in Greece are becoming supermarkets I oh, think no. the, yeah. I think this, this is something that happens all over the world. I mean, you, you see that day by day, many, many more cinemas are, are closing down. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's inevitable now with all these streaming services and, you know, the TVs are getting bigger and uh, you can get a really <laughs> high quality <laughs> so true. Um, Yeah, projector in your house, so people they don't feel the urge to go and have um, a collective experience of watching a film in cinema. 
and um, but some some films are made and are appreciated in cinema. I mean, like uh, I think Inside, it's yes, uh, sir. worth watching in a big screen than watching in uh, your laptop or your iPad mm-hmm. or even your <laughs> iPhone. That's Imagine, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you, so because I mean. We as filmmakers, we are a bit uh, OCD and, you know, we put so much effort in sound design and to be perfect and the colors of the, of the grading and the, of, the, of the film to be precise. And then uh, you see people watching it in a TV with uh, motion flow on and all these uh, filters that modern TVs have. And you see it like, it doesn't look like this, it shouldn't look like this. So, yes, I think some films... It's nice to go and watch them in in, in uh, theaters and uh, mm-hmm. having the whole experience of uh, of that. Of and that. if you're gonna watch it in theater, why not watch it in a historic theater, right? I mean, it even adds to the atmosphere of it, making it more, I guess, holy, not holy, but like um, a grand yeah. experience, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, and you know, it's good. I mean, it's. It's a nice night out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still, I mean, it's still a night for a first date, I think. Cinema and then drinks. Or... Really? <laughs> you don't even talk, though, in a movie. That one I will have to maybe push back on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't talk, but you can touch. That's a good thing. <laughs> that is good, exactly. That's so funny. I um, Especially like your movie, Inside, I feel like you have to watch that in a theater because it demands attention and there's so many details things aren't what they are on the surface you know what i mean it's like if you're taking it at surface value it's one thing but if you when you watch it and like really think about it and watch it with an audience and see how everyone's react reacting that's how i felt it was incredible um before i go on about that what's your uh, system like at home do you have a tv do you have a projector how are you watching movies i i have a 55 inch uh, tv um I have a projector, but I use it uh, when I go on vacation. And I mean, we always me, uh, we, I always get a projector with me because most of the times where where I find a you know a place for in the islands to to spend, uh, there's always a nice uh, white wall, and it's a beautiful <laughs> an open air experience uh, watching a film. So uh, yeah, I have a, a traveling projector with me when I go for. <laughs> For holidays in 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 the Greek islands, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, um, I, I the problem with the projector is you need to have a, a wall, a clear wall for that, or you know. So in my house, <laughs> yeah, the bigger the screen, the better, though. Yeah, exactly. It looks yeah. like you have a lot of artwork. What is that yeah. art piece behind you, by the way, Facilis? The is that this a one. deer? Yeah, with the antlers. Uh, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not even an artwork; it's just. Uh, but that that one over there, it's the main um, piece on, uh, of from uh, from the film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This this is a different one because the the one that we had in the whole and all the shots and all the scenes were were the the original one with uh-huh. the face. And uh, for the scene with the sprinkler, uh, sprinkler uh, yes. the rain uh, scene, mm-hmm. how it called. We had to make a copy, um, a digital copy of of the artwork in order to, you know, get wet if it if it worked. <laughs> so what the artist did, he took that and he painted over 
my face to the face of, of the owner. So now I have the same model with my face as. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. That's destroying art right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> repurposing, repurposing. Repurposing. Sorry, repurposing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The only people that. <laughs> Art was the Nazis, so yeah, we don't destroy <laughs> art. It's not that's good. fair. No, that's fair. You can you can repurpose it. I mean, um, yeah. Tell us a bit more about um the film itself and what it was like to work with the great Willem Dafoe. I mean, I not enough can be said about Willem Dafoe. I don't know if you knew he's the most watched actor in 2022 and 2021. The most watched actor. Okay, what about him gives him that quality? Why is he that? He's uh, an unstoppable machine, I think. He, he's he really he's a he's uh, yeah, and uh, I mean his talent is uh, bottomless, uh, and uh, he's he's a genius. I mean, one of the most intelligent people that I ever met in my life, uh, uh, and uh, you know, one of the kindest and generous people. And uh, imagine, I mean, the risk he took uh, to work with me because I'm an first-time director to make a fiction film. So, uh, you know, that's it's a big generosity. It was great working uh, with he, with, uh, with a talent like this. He helped me a lot. Uh, he was very patient. <laughs> and uh, what can I say? I mean, most of the shots, um, uh, I have them, I had them from the first take. So wow. what this uh, gave me was, I mean, we shot the whole film chronologically. Right. So that was, Authenticity. Uh, That's what it is. Reacting, yeah. true reactions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. also it was what, what gave us, uh, it gave us time and um, space for us to explore uh, things like improvising a lot and start, uh, you know, inventing scenes that were not uh, scripted. So at the end of the day, I think in the film, yeah, we have something like 40% of the film is uh, unscripted. and uh, Right. I mean, scripted by Willem Dafoe, actually. It's his, her, it's his artistic interpretation of the script. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. He became, he became the, um, this character. And that's, that was the amazing thing about it. That, uh, you know, it's... And, and that was somehow the easy part of it because he was the character and uh, even if we had something in the script that he he would say look i wouldn't react like this i would react mm -hmm. like um and then i would do something else and uh, we were trying this something else and it was most of the times better because you know in a script you can have things you you know you can plan things but in reality when you go to a space to to shoot and you and how the, the the location is, and how the props are, you know, it changes everything. So you have to be able to adapt. So, and this is what we did. We had, we were always adapting to to the the nature of uh, of what was happening at that moment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Me. I mean, it's incredible that I know you've been working on this for over a decade now. This is a huge part of you and your life, and from the seed it started off with to how it grew to what it became to now. I mean, it's been a long journey for you, but I'm, I'm curious as to if there was, if Willem Dafoe, how early he came in and who else would have done it? I mean, let me just say about this film, cinema is the greatest art form currently, in my opinion, between the visuals and the audio is the true artistic experience, right? 
We take that. We get the one of the greatest actors of our generation, um, one of the greatest artists, right? Who has ex- the like a huge experience in improv theater. Put him in this environment and shoot it in a cinematic lens. That is cinema. That's the definition of something you have to go see in the theaters, right? I can't yeah. imagine who else would have been able to do that though, other than Willem Dafoe. As there, um, were there any other people in consideration? Look, uh, first of all, I wanted to make you know I want to make a film that you experience and not you know just watch it and or uh, and I didn't want to make a film that I would dictate things. I want to make a film open to everyone's interpretation and everyone's you know inner thoughts and uh, and. Um, you know, how the, they think about uh, life and uh, how people, you know, have um, uh, their, what they have in their mind. So first first was this, but uh, what what uh, when we start, um, uh, you know, the, the project, when we started the project, uh, I mean, the biggest uh, collaborator and I could say co-creator was my producer, uh, Georgos Karnavas, the, mm-hmm. the, from Heretic Films and, you know, they did the Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, of course. He's one and he's a good friend of mine and uh, we started this journey together and uh, I can't have, uh, I can't, you can't imagine how how much work he puts in this uh, project. So, but what we were, uh, we we said from the beginning is, that if we don't get an an, an actor like uh, of the caliber of uh, William Dafoe, and uh, I mean, there, there was no point of making this film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I, it wasn't something. You know, you you have to know when you you know when you have a recipe to make a, a cake, you have to have the correct <laughs> elements. Then your cake is going to be a disaster. So if we didn't have William Dafoe. Or you know, I don't know. I don't know what else because we didn't do any casting. We it was like when we wow, yes, finished. We said, let's do it. So, so when when uh, if we didn't have this, I mean, I would we wouldn't make the film. We would stop, you know, and say, let's do something else, because this film needs uh, needs a needs an actor with a presence and needs an actor that. The audience and the audience will would, would like to watch him for one and a half hours on the mm-hmm. screen with the limited dialogue and you know just just watching him. And I would I could say that William Dafoe is uh, you know a, a live piece of art. I mean his body, his face, his reactions. It's like watching a, 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 an artwork by himself. Why? You know, there are not many actors that... Uh, there are actors, uh, but not many, like a handful of actors that can actually, you know, do that. So I guess I was very, very lucky. And uh, what happened was uh, when uh, we have this first draft of the, of the script, uh, we... Uh, Yorgos, my... Uh, Yorgos Canavas um, uh, uh, sent it to, uh, to Jim Stark, the you know the producer he used to make films from uh, he he made the films the Jim Jarmusch films and he also made the film Factotum and he sent it uh, he said oh he liked the project and he said okay I'm going to send it to William Defoe because uh, he's a friend it was a friend of his so at that at that time uh, William Defoe was in the Venice Film Festival so 
we were expecting that he will get uh, you know an answer back from him in two weeks. You know, give him some time. To... And he, no, Willem he... Dafoe doesn't work like everyone else, though. <laughs> yeah. And he, he he answered us the next day. I mean, this wow. guy got literally got the script. Uh, I thought, uh, yeah. So he answered us the next day, and he said, "Look, guys, I want to meet you to talk about it." And we met. Uh, we get we gave um. We met him on, in London uh, after, you know, I don't know, a month or uh, some weeks in London. And uh, I, I did a presentation to him because I had a, um, a, I have the, um, a, treatment, a treatment made. I, I showed mm-hmm. him how the house I want to look, how, I mean, uh, references of, uh, of the apartments, references of the, of the artworks. And it was great because he said, look, guys, this person, it's me. I want to do. I want to do it as long as you have my co-star, and by co-star he meant <laughs> you know to have a good a good apartment a design of the apartment and the uh, and the collection because yes. if it that was the co-star so that's that was the two biggest elements him and the production design so we promised that and then you know and and um, through the last um, drafts of the script. He, uh, I, we, we worked together also with uh, stuff that you know him. He, he thought that you know he can do them or or not, uh, and you know his um, his view and his notes on the script was very valuable to me and very helpful to for everyone. So yes, that's that was somehow the um, um, the journey. The of- journey of how it happened. I'm sure you must have been super excited when he came on and decided and you guys shot during during COVID times right yeah, i mean COVID times, yeah. Yeah, what, what was the risk of that because i know willem defoe is a bit yeah. older so he's late 60s and such and you know he's super healthy he doesn't give he gives the energy of, i don't know what fountain of youth he's drinking from <laughs> you <Yeah>. know yeah <laughs> I, I don't think that he that uh, he would uh, i mean the problem with uh, shooting uh, with covid restic- restrictions is you know if someone gets uh, you know infected uh, you have you had to stop the production for two weeks so if that happened to us that would be disastrous so that wow. i mean on the yeah. other hand you know it's it was a film that totally made inside the studio so we made a bubble of people you know we were tested we were wearing masks so that helped i mean it was a covid proof project anyway and that's why you know people invested in that. wow but don't forget that, that the stress and the anxiety of someone getting uh, uh, infected was huge i mean on the other side there was a lockdown and you know we couldn't go to bars and restaurants and partying and all this right stuff. true so that helped a lot and it helped to be for the crew to be very um focused in the film and uh that was amazing i had an amazing crew and, it's an experience uh, that sounds because you're shooting it chronologically you have the set this mega set and yeah. you're filming in it and i can't imagine the stress though because it's like okay to the like to the details of like his facial hair and his hair you know all these things it's like this is why it needs to be shot chronologically from my understanding is that yeah you can't so, fake it it's so real uh, and intricate it has to be shot day after day chronologically yeah. for him to have that experience and for the set and environment to work that way too 
And also it yeah. was something that we, we, we made a, uh, a deal that we will not use a fake uh, uh, hair and uh, wigs. And, because honestly, I haven't, I mean, it's always looked bad. I think <laughs> it always looked bad. But I, I have to give uh, big uh, credits to my hair and makeup uh, artist that, that he, she, she made a fantastic job of yeah. making him look uh, malnutrition and making him look, you know, as he progressed to, uh, you know, the, to, 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 to later in, uh, in, the, in the film that uh, she made a fantastic job with, with, of making him look very, very bad. So mm-hmm. he wasn't fasting so for 30 days. He's not he's not that committed to the, the role. <laughs> no, 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 he is committed, but he, he of course he was committed. He's a yes, sir. A, a professional uh, to the point of you can imagine he was always, you know, half an hour earlier from wow. the, in the whole time. So uh it's it's so yeah, he was I mean he was not you know, he was trying to keep his um, figure uh, as we needed uh, for the film. So wow! And then uh, was the the pigeon was the pigeon COVID checked? Um, what's it like for you to work with animals too? I mean, you've worked with many animals in your lifetime. So how's how's that like? I, I, <laughs> in commercials, yes, I worked with lots <laughs> of uh, chickens. I worked I worked with bunny, <laughs> uh, dog. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had a, an amazing, a very good uh, pigeon specialist. That uh, a guy that uh, he really knew how to, you know, work, uh, you know, with pigeons and all this stuff. And uh, it was amazing that uh, he managed to find us. Uh, I mean, it, it it was so so amazing, but equally gross that we had a line of uh, different stages of a pigeon uh, decomposing to see like, ten, I mean, we didn't use all of those in the film, but yeah. it was amazing that he, he managed to, you know, find and decompose different, uh, uh, you know, from already dead pigeons, you know, he didn't kill any, he, he's, he's a maniac with pigeons. So <laughs> uh, he was collecting dead pigeons uh, in order to make this. I mean, the same happened also with our fish specialist because he had some tropical fish and uh, he and very expensive fish. So uh, he got uh, uh, in um, he got in um, he uh, in uh, he connected all to all his clients and asked asked from them if a fish uh, died so he could uh, collect it and uh, put it in the freeze in order for our film in order to shoot uh, the scenes with a dead fish and uh, so um yeah it's 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 very weird working weird. With, <laughs> with <fish>. it's so <laughs> unpredictable wow yeah exactly but it's fun yeah exactly it's interesting to work with animals i mean i want to ask you about the co-star of the film now the location the set yeah okay so how much preparation went into building the set um where was the set and yeah yeah what was that um, what was that like for you to build that because that on its own is a work of art right just like uh, the sculpture is a work of art the set itself is its own work of art that's another genius of the 
of the creative team uh, that is called uh, Thorsten Sabel, the production designer. Mm-hmm. I mean, before meeting Thorsten, I did for four years, I did an, a, a huge research about penthouses and uh, houses and, you know, architect, architectures houses. And uh, I gave him all my research to him and we started talking about how we would see them this uh, apartment would look like and we were very both of us we were very uh, big uh, admirers of brutalist architecture and of uh, you know of modernist uh, cement uh, uh, you know cement based uh, uh, buildings and um, he you know we he, he designed it in uh, uh, he designed it we needed also to uh, to use uh, a very big um, uh, sound sound stage, and uh, that sound stage was in Cologne, in Germany. I mean, it's one of the three biggest sound stages in the world. So, in order, I mean, also, you know, imagine, I mean, within the budget of the film, it's not like a, you know a blockbuster. So he had to mm-hmm. do everything on the budget, and the whole uh, set was built by in uh, with wooden boards, and then. Uh, painted like cement and it's it was like a 600 uh, square meters uh, um, set that it was um, built on the top of a of a two meter platform and that was because everything you see in the skyline outside the windows it's it's a projection it's because we built a huge projection uh, screen around the, the set and uh, and uh, beneath the, the the set and the platform, there were uh, we placed the projectors to be a front projection uh, screen. Wow. That was a huge one. La, 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 I mean, it's uh, I mean it that's was, construction. Yeah, that's exactly. construction, and, and also you know uh, it, it you know it, it was we needed this height of this two meter height in order to when the camera was closer to the windows for not to film the the studio uh, floor so um so yeah it, it was when i first visit the set i was like fuck it's so big that i don't know what, how, how we're going to shoot in that i mean how, how i mean it's, it, it was huge i mean uh, yeah because i was pushing <laughs> it higher and higher and higher it's, it's already high, and no, no, no. I want it. I want him to look very small in this place. That's that's the whole uh, idea right, to concept. for him to be a small person inside. Mm-hmm. And when I went there, I said maybe I did a mistake, but no, it was it was okay. Um, and also, this uh, set had to be waterproof because okay. of the of the scene with the sprinkler, uh, right? Scene. And because. Be, as I told you, beneath the uh, the, the, the stage was the projector. It wasn't waterproof; would be all electrocuted, and that was something that we couldn't test because it's not possible to tell. I mean, if we had to test it with water, then it would go; it would ruin the. So we really prayed for you know for that scene. I mean, we had to <laughs> take. I mean, only one. Uh, yeah, well, it was yeah, chance one for that. chance. Yeah, exactly, one totally. And if it didn't work, then it would be completely destroyed. So yes, it was one of the most stressful days, but it worked perfectly. 
magic happened, especially when this uh, David Horwitz uh, neon light uh, artwork turned off half of it, the, the sentence that wasn't intentional. It turned wow. Off. Yeah, no yeah. So, way. So that That's this is magic. That's movie That's magic. magic. <laughs> yes. Things that only you know when the Ooh. gods of filmmaking are uh, are aligned with you, <laughs> you, you, you get things like that. And I was like, yes, that's that's perfect. So that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like because you're shooting chronologically. Um, yeah. Was there any, even any room for reshoots? I mean, I can't imagine. Um, what was that like for you? Because I mean, you can't miss it. You're there. You have all these factors, COVID, the set, you know, um, yeah. working with a script, you know, and improvising it. It's like you have to be super creative, but also super careful. Um, and it's a lot of responsibility. And it's incredible that you pulled it off, you know. So what about, yeah, tell us about reshoots. Do you guys have any of those? Um, I mean, we couldn't do reshoots. I mean, right. but, um, <laughs> but, I mean, there was only in a... I mean, uh, because we're shooting chronologically, I could send mm -hmm. the rush to my to my editor. You know, he, oh, he started, he started, you know, doing an assembly edit as we were shooting, and it was wise enough because he, in 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 one or two situations, he put some red flags, saying, "Look, guys, I need I need this and this and this kind of shots," and. And we we did them. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, in a, the the set was in a stage that we could you know do some uh, reshoots. It wasn't deteriorated at all. I mean, you know, because it was we completely changed the stage uh, every two weeks. You know, to show the passing of time, we had to destroy it more and more. Right. So yeah, I mean, we were lucky of you know. Having this procedure of having the editor starting an assembly cut while we were shooting and having you know this uh, interaction between us and saying putting red flags and saying look we might need something like this might need something like that and we were able to do that. That's but awesome. also Willem hates reshoots, so we are. <laughs> I see. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it's part of you know most movies have reshoots. You know, it's it's typical. You know, for. At least well, a few things to okay. be filled in, and sometimes you have to shoot something, you have to redo it. So now that adds an extra pressure to you because now you have to review this footage, make sure it looks good while you're filming more footage. Yeah, exactly. So um, you got through. You got through the other side. I want to ask you about um, um, artificial intelligence, the use of artificial intelligence in this movie. I mean, now it's a huge controversy because of, um, you know, here I'm in Los Angeles, and then um, there's a writer's strike going on. Um, for many reasons, for right, rights for writers, but one of them is that uh, they don't want artificial intelligence writing for TV and film. Um, that was one of the conditions, and then the studios were like, uh, "No, thank you. We won't. <laughs> it's, we'll think about it. Maybe next year we'll come up with a solution for this." Um, it seems like the film itself. You have some the smart fridge. You have some smart elements to it, you know. But I don't think there's a true artificial intelligent. Um, yeah, part of it, you know, I'm thinking here, I'm looking here, I'm just thinking about, um, what I got here, 2001, look at this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This yeah. one has true AI in it, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's strapped on a ship with yeah. AI. But um, did that ever happen? Did you think about that in, in terms of the script? What's your thoughts on the whole thing? 
Um, no, I didn't want to make it so uh, sci-fi, my, my mm. film. I didn't want to make it so technical. I just want I see. a malfunction of uh, even dated smart home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, I didn't want, I mean, because I think even in that situation, um, the place has a soul. So uh, even, I mean, the house doesn't talk and doesn't speak, but in a way, he commun- uh, the house communicates with my hero through art and, uh, you know, through um, uh, the, the situation with uh, not having water, not having, in some places, not having electricity. So that was enough for my story. Uh, I mean, now for artificial intelligence in writing scripts, I loved uh, a label that someone uh, from the strike um, uh, hold that says ChatGPT doesn't have a childhood trauma. So <laughs> that, that, that was really clever. And you see that this was written by a writer. And, yes. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I think... Um, I don't think that creatives, human human creatives, should be so afraid of artificial intelligence because uh, our brain has this capacity, I think, that uh, when you have something uh, artificial, as we say, even if it's a, if it, even if it is a, an image or I don't know, um, music or uh, a script, I don't every, any form of uh, artificial creation, our human brain. Uh, it gets um, um, what's the what's uh, the word? Um, I'm trying to find. Uh, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it turns it, off, you know, rejected. It doesn't like it. it gets fooled mm. in the first time. Mm-hmm. Then when you go and revisit, you start uh, seeing the fake uh, the right. fake element of that mm-hmm. i mean take for example <laughs> titanic the film i mean yes. when it first came out the cgi's were like wow amazing i mean it's so so realistic <laughs> if you watch it now it looks like a cartoon you know it's uh, <laughs> you know because our brain our brain got you know got tricked <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 the same hap- uh, same thing that will happen is you know I I guess and maybe I say a very heavy word that we I mean actors will never be replaced by uh, you know of meta humans uh, because you it's the the, the I don't think that they will be ever in a in a situ- in a, in in the level of doing all the micro spasm of the face and the. The, the way the eyes are, are working, uh, they the can make them in a way that it will uh, be very, very realistic. It will be realistic the first time that you see it, but when you rewatch the film, then you will start to uh, understand your bra- our brain is, old, is going to be trained. I it's see. going to be the, the, um, you know, the, the fakeness. Right. So I don't know about writing, but I mean, the, the images now that we see made by by artificial intelligence, they all look they have a, the same somehow some f- same features. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
don't know. You know, I mean, you can argue that it's in the infant, uh, you know, in the infant. Yeah, in infant time. stages. Yeah, we're just starting infant off stages. right now. Starting off, but I don't know. I don't... And they, so they look like most, most of them. They look like um, um, like figures from uh, the Planet of the Apes. And maybe I think the artificial, the computers, they are, you know, they get this information also from monkeys and apes, <laughs> you know, and they don't can, you know, they don't understand the difference. So they mixed all these features together. Yeah, <laughs> and they make something different. So mm-hmm. yeah. So don't be scared of AI. I mean, my take on it is that so art is about. It's more than just the, the the aesthetics, right? It's more than just what you see in the surface. There's a history behind the artist, you know? It's like, um, you know, and you look at a painting by Van Gogh, for example, and you look at the painting, and it's a beautiful painting that evokes emotion, but you also think of the story of the artist and the journey the yeah. artist went through. And that is something that's impossible for AI, literally impossible for AI to replicate. Yeah. So that's yeah, my take on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Art and as you're trying to say the, I guess you're trying to say the value of art is something that's long-lasting, because uh, you want to be able to rewatch it and for it to still maintain value, as opposed to making something that's good for a while and then that fades. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, first of all, art for me is that we something that we tend to forget is art is a way of communication. It's mm-hmm. it's. It's a communication. First of all, it's a communication tool. And this is how it started. It started by people painting in a cave to, you know, to show what they've seen when they went for hunting or how they're going to hunt uh, this, uh, I don't know, mammal or something. I don't you know. So it was a communication. And, and by that, they communicated with us thousands and thousands of years afterwards because we found these uh, these paintings and wow, we know so something true. about them. Mm-hmm. So that's why our, our, I say art is for kids <laughs> because, okay, wow, music, music isn't an art form. Of course it is an art form. Mm-hmm. But do you know how music sounds in the ancient Greek times? I don't think so. Nobody no. knows how it sounds. So we know now because we have recorded music, but for thousands and thousands of years, Music was never recorded, so we didn't know how how it really sounded, how much it's changed, because it's changed. I mean, even now, when they find uh, a a manuscript from Johann Sebastian Bach and try to play it, you don't know if if it sounds as he he was playing, you know. Right, totally. So even that, it's a guess. It's not... You know, there are scholars that they argue, no, it's played like this, other played like that. There's a big, big... Uh, so the only thing that may, you know, uh, have from that time is sculptures, because it was very difficult to deteriorate. Some paintings, some... Uh, so it was artworks that they... They, they, they were the uh, communication language for us to know about civilizations before and architecture mainly i mean from the buildings and all this stuff so artists uh, for keeps as you yeah, say so the, cats so the, the value the value of art is first the language that it has mm-hmm. and uh, what we will under, 
next generations will will uh, understand from that. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine if uh, an alien spaceship coming to <laughs> space come to Earth and seeing, um, I don't know, a Rembrandt next to uh, Van Gogh and uh, next to a uh, Jackson Pollock, what they would made about, you know, <laughs> what they would would understand from these three different. Uh, Paintings, but you know, it shows something about how uh, our thoughts in uh, in uh, artworks uh, change and changing over over the years. Um, wow! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I want to ask you because um, I want to ask you. I have a few more things to talk about. What's it like for you to work internationally on different? Because um, you're Greek, Willem's from New York. You're shooting this in Germany. You have all kinds of producers, all kinds of funding from international sources. So it's an international project. Yeah, I mean, the set was was the bubble tower uh, because I was Greek. My my first idea was Greek. And my my, the DOP was uh, from the UK. The line producer was French. The biggest, the, 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 the most of the crew was from Belgium, Flemish. Uh, the other uh, crew, the other uh, part of the crew was from Germany because we shot in Germany. So the production designing crew was were from uh, Germany. We have uh, one uh, uh, assistant producer from uh, uh, Latvia. Uh, and so you understand, uh, we were, you know, yes. <laughs> but English is the main. I see language uh, that we all understood and uh, we all understand but it was great listening different i mean the belgians were speaking in belgium in belgium in, in flemish all the time and uh, you know nice to listen to other <laughs> languages. languages yeah true. And me and my i mean that was not good that uh, sometimes uh, me and my assistant director were speaking in greek to uh, you know I communicate see. faster about faster. things yeah exactly yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't a problem. It was fun. It was nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's cool that you're able to do that work internationally. I'm curious, what's it been like for you to do this media tour after uh, shooting this film? I mean, you've been. Have you always thought of yourself that you were going to be like a fiction filmmaker, and now that you're doing it, what's it like for you to do it? And to do this, like going on interviews, answering questions, all this, promoting the film. Um, how's that process been for you? Um, yeah, in the beginning it was scary, but then you start learning, you know, the process. And I mean, my, my first, uh, uh, the first time was in Berlinale that, you know, we started, you know, mm-hmm. talking. And then uh, after Berlinale, we flew to New York to have the premiere in New New York, the North American uh, premiere, that that was scary because we, we did something like I don't know forty to fifty interviews, um, and uh, then uh, we premiered in Greece. Uh, so in the whole trip, we were together with uh, Willem, and he was so generous to be with us, and um, it's uh, it's fun because um, you know. The, the questions and the talks we have the, the, in the interviews and the conversations you have, you know, many, you know, some are, are the same, but some, there are some different, some different. And you, I learn 
how people perceive the the film. Mm. Wow. Uh, and in, in it, and it's very very interesting because you know you get some comments that you never thought before and uh, and uh, you know making a film that is so open yes. you get different different comments and theories what, what I, <laughs> everyone has a theory on this movie yeah exactly not, not only <laughs> theories but yeah 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 theories I mean and also I mean uh, the the past weekend uh, I just came uh, back from uh, Lebanon from Beirut that we did oh, a private yeah we did a private screening there for a fundraising um, event uh, for the um, rebuilding reopening of the um, Museum of Modern Art in uh, Beirut that you know wow. destroyed by the by the explosion and after uh, we 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 show the film and we did the Q and A session. It was amazing that most of the audience from uh, Beirut they saw the film as uh, you know as an allegory for Lebanon and Beirut. Wow! Fraction, you know, the head, and uh, you know because they lived a very big destruction. I mean, we don't if we don't visit, uh, we don't understand how how big the destruction was in the city. Like, you know, it's like uh, you you know half of LA being completely destroyed the, the houses. So, um, yeah, it's it was uh, amazing that these people was watching this film uh, with their own kind of uh, mindset of, oh, fuck, that house is Lib- Lebanon uh, after the wars, because they had wars, they had civil wars, and, uh, you know, at the top of, the, of all, they had this huge blast. So, yeah, the, it, it's, it's amazing to to get uh, these comments every time. Wow, yeah, that's so true. I mean, I never thought about, you know, I'm Lebanese and, you know, oh. I, li- I lived in Beirut. Yeah, exactly. And I have a bunch of family that was affected by it. So it's interesting for I, you to share that. I love Beirut. I love yeah, Beirut. Yeah, Beirut's beautiful, isn't it? And it's so horrible what happened and the destruction of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is so amazing that people can interpret it that way, you know? Like, I yeah. feel like you get any blockbuster film, there's no interpretation. There's just <laughs> the film on its surface. But like yeah. this film, I can see how many, each person has their own relationship to isolation, to the character, to frustration, to we all have it. It's it's in us, you know, being lonely. Yeah, exactly. And it's incredible. Wow. All right. I have uh, a few rapid fire questions before we uh, wrap up here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> tell us about your Bohemian year in London. What was that like for you? Bohemian year in London. Now, I wasn't. I mean, I was uh, in London for one year, but I spent three years in a place called Hull, that maybe is the worst city in England <laughs> and in the world. Maybe I got depressed <laughs> there, and then I spent one year in uh, London that I was very poor to actually enjoy it. Because London needs loads of money to actually enjoy it, but I had a great time in Sheffield for two years. That I did my master's degree, and that that was the best uh, time that I had in UK in Sheffield. That I made beautiful friends, and uh, and actually I got very much involved in art because at that time that I was studying, there was uh, they were pouring loads of money to the arts outside London. So there were many exhibitions in Sheffield, uh, loads of uh, concerts and uh, you know funding for making films so that was that was a good uh, time uh, you know spending spending there and you know I still have friends from that uh, uh, years and um, 
and at that, at that also, uh, these two years that I did my master's degree, uh, also um, I, I was uh, mentored by this uh, incredible artist, a woman called Breda Beban, that wow. she's featured in the film. Uh, that that's, it, it is the main projection, art projection uh, that uh, my my hero revisits. Um, the videos every time. of the two the people. Videos, yeah, yes. The videos, mm-hmm. One video that, uh, with a woman, but see, it is her. That mm-hmm. unfortunately died 10 years ago. So for me, it was very important to, you know, to have wow. her in my home. Oh, it's, uh, and it's yeah. gonna last forever wow exactly how incredible yeah yeah, yeah. that's for me because you know honestly she taught me uh how to see uh you know how to see in in a different way and uh whatever um you know whatever accident happens in the film in the filmmaking process uh, uh that it's better to embrace the embrace it than to panic and say stop i'm not doing it and all this uh you know, mm-hmm. you know to, to quit because of something of an accident so yeah so wow that's, okay that was, yes, it's beautiful rapid fire your favorite art museum my favorite art museum hmm. ah yes i i i have my favorite that, that i was uh, you know uh it's the kurtel institute in london that i founded when i first went in london i found it by just walking around and uh, I found it by mistake because at that time the world, we didn't have uh, you know mobile phone you know Google and all that stuff and right. I couldn't believe what a beautiful uh, um, uh, collection uh, it had inside and uh, I, I, I could never uh, at that time I, I, I couldn't believe that I would see a, Mondile- uh, a painting by Modigliani in front of me and uh, generally I started crying when I saw it so wow. I will never forget this experience. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> stealing art? You think uh, you can steal art? And uh, what about uh, Spike Jones? Did you steal anything from Spike Jones? Um, first of all, I would love to be uh, an art thief. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's the it's the the best. Uh, I mean, if you, I mean, I have a, such a big respect for the people that they go and steal art. I think. <laughs> and, you know, instead of stealing money, I, you know, we go to this uh, process of, you know, go and steal a painting. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, there should be a special punishment for them, not harsh and, you know, you know, not, <laughs> don't punish them too much. And and to steal something from Spike Jones, uh, what, uh, in one quote, uh, what was it, from his films? You yeah, mean, I'm asking or... you. Yeah, exactly. And one from his films, from him. From him, his mustache, maybe. 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 He has a handsome mustache. Yeah, exactly. His skateboard. Uh, <laughs> such a big uh, admiration for his uh, for for his films. Uh, he needs to make more. Know. That's for sure. I don't know how we can he get him to make more. more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we need more films from uh, Spike Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I revisit now uh, this film, Hair. That uh, yeah, of course, Spike. Uh, yes, Spike Jones. Walking uh, Phoenix yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible film. Yeah. Wow. And I love <laughs> his. Beast. I love his uh, Beastie Boys uh, music videos that he, he made, and, and the music video that he made for uh, Fat Boy Slim. Right. Crazy. In a kind of way, you guys have that 
uncommon, right? That you make a lot of music videos, you make a lot of commercials with your cinematic, artistic style. Well, and yeah, exactly. And I get to make feature films. This is what I say. I mean, for commercials, it's the best school for a filmmaker. I mean, mm -hmm. because you... And also for... I mean, I still, I still want and I still do commercials because it's like uh, going to the gym. I mean, as an athlete, <laughs> I mean, for me, getting your reps but, in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it, I don't, I don't lose my um, the touch of a, of the crew of being in a crew and uh, using uh, equipment and uh, trying to tell stories, even if it's to sell uh, a soap or a bar soap bar. Or I don't know, but it's 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 the process. It's there, and you, you as long as you are in, you don't get rusty. Uh, you know in uh, in you know doing things for uh, with film and yeah okay and my my last one about uh repurposing art and throwing vegetables at art i'm sure you know about all these people throwing canned soup and tomatoes I, at I, art I, pieces I, what, what's I, your reaction to yeah, that i find it barbaric very barbaric i find you know to go to a museum and protest about oil or climate change by just trying to destroy an, an artwork I don't see the the point uh, behind it. I'm I'm all for protesters. I'm I'm all, I'm I'm all for a revolution. I'm all for for you know putting fire in the streets and you know uh, you know protesting real protesting. But this uh, looks you know looks very as I said you know only Nazis, the Taliban's, and right. people like this destroyed arts uh, and the Christians in early years. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, but yeah, but, uh, but, 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 mm -hmm. you know, it, there's no, there are many more reasons, uh, many more ways to, to protest about these things than just going to glue yourself in a, in a <laughs> artwork. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit insane. Yeah, it's funny. I want to ask you, all right, last question, a really, really fast answer on this. Yeah. Just give me your first impression. Have you seen it? What do you think? Yeah, thoughts. Mm -hmm. Spartacus. The first one, ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> my childhood, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> I remember this film. the kid. I've seen it, yeah, thousands of times. Yeah. Wow. I loved okay. It. Blade Runner. You get to see this one. The the second one. Yeah, the new the Blade new Runner. Runner. The Denis Villeneuve one. No, no, no. I haven't seen it. Sorry. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Citizen Kane. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, you know, in, if you've been to a film school or film studies, you really need to uh, write an essay about Citizen Kane. I mean, it's insane that he made this film when he was 25. It's, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's completely insane. Uh, Blue Velvet. Look at that. David yes. Lynch. Yeah. I love it. If I had I Wild it. at Heart, I would show you Willem Dafoe. What about Reckon for a Dream? What has this done for your life? Um, I, I think I mean, yeah, I've seen it long time ago i haven't revisited it uh, again to tell you the truth um i don't remember it well i don't remember it well tree of life yes and i'm, I'm giving I'm you the big, heavy hitters big, <laughs> big of the terrence Mark films yeah <laughs> was this like your life in athens 300 Look, yeah, exactly. i mean 300 <laughs> it, 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 because i when it first came out i thought that it would be you know What's the? I mean, I'm not a comic guy. I, I'm not. I was never into comics, so I didn't know what. But I watched it after many, many years, and I found it the the technique of 
shooting this. I found it amazing and uh, how it is. But, you know, for a Greek guy, it's, it, it looks like very nationalist film, you know. Uh, <laughs> by, you know, the extreme right people here as uh, they think that the ancient Greeks were like this. You don't understand it. It's a comic, <laughs> a comic book movie. It's a comic book movie. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. What about this one? Yeah, that, this is my student years. It was in every student uh, uh, room. The, the, the poster was in every student room in UK. That's, How cool, right? Yeah, great poster. Me. By the way, I love the poster for Inside. That's a really classy poster. Yeah, Thank exactly. Uh, the Matrix. What can you tell us about this one? The Matrix. Yeah, I loved it. When it came out, I loved it. It makes me think many things. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, John Wick? Willem's in oh, this one. He's in this one. No, I haven't seen any John Wick, sorry. <laughs> Willem's <laughs> in this one, and he's so iconic. I know, I don't, yeah, I don't, exactly. I remember mean, you watch all the movies that Willem Dafoe is. I, think, I, mean, <laughs> I need to right. start now. It's in here. <laughs> I have three more. All right, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, this one? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Beautiful. I, beautiful film. And that one? It's uh, uh, Boyhood. Boyhood. I love yeah. the price yeah. on it. I'm, yeah. I, I was expecting a bit more in that film, but yes, it, it's impressive. Very impressive. <laughs> and my last one, Battle Royale. Have you seen this one? No. Oh, this no, is a box no, no, set. No, no. Very highly recommended. Yeah, exactly. Right. My, my favorite uh, director is Akiko Rusmaki. I don't know if you've seen any films. From, from, no. From okay. Director. Gotta I mean, check it out. This year, this year he's having a film in Cannes Film Festival. And one of my favorite films also is Buffalo 66. By wow. Vincent. I love it. I love it. Incredible. All right. So that's my time. That's your time. Thanks, Vasilis. Uh, so much thank for your you time. Thank you very, very much. Yes, thank amazing you. Amazing. Thank I you. appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ciao. Yeah, exactly. And um, thank you so much for sharing about your film. I hope you get to make more in the future. I can't wait to um, stay in touch with you. All right. I hope so. Bye-bye. Right. Cheers.